Welcome to the Wild West Podcast, where today I'm very excited to welcome my guest, Pete Whitaker. Pete is a pro rock climber from the UK, and he was wrapping up his season in Yosemite recently, and he was on his way to the airport, and I asked him if he would swing by our studio and record a podcast, and he did, and I wanted to have Pete on because he's always up to something interesting. Pete is relatively new to being a full-time pro athlete, and you get the sense pretty quickly talking to him that he's a very independent-minded guy when it comes to his climbing practice. Um, He's really keen to forge his own path in this sport, and so he does projects that are very unique uh, and that (laughs) make me want to ask him a lot of questions. So, for example, a few years ago, he went and climbed on El Cap, but he didn't just go climbing like any other climber would do. He did a fully independent rope solo in under 24 hours. So what that means is he climbed each route by himself while he was belaying himself on a rope. And then once he got to, once he completed a pitch and got to an anchor, he would then rappel back down, gather all of his gear up, and then haul his gear up with him. So he effectively climbed El Cap fully by himself with all of his own gear and his supplies and a five-gallon jug of water like three times in the space of 24 hours. And so there are times, you know, if you can imagine that, you're just fully alone. You're on an island on a wall just in the, like, by yourself completely. It's an odd experience. And these are the kinds of things that Pete does. And so he's always kind of looking for that edge of what has been done and what might what types of projects might be possible in rock climbing i liked you know matching what was done and then trying to improve on what was done and i like looking at what people have done and you know i want to achieve what they have and i want to progress it uh, and that's quite nice about yosemite like you can look back at what has been done and then try and sort of find you like match it and try and find your own path It was great talking to Pete. He's got a great sense of humor. And he also, it's just interesting to get inside his mind to see his unique perspective on rock climbing. He's got this proclivity for suffering that um, maybe seems kind of counterintuitive, but it's part of his motivation for doing the things that he does. So we talk, we cover all kinds of things. We talk about his rope solo, which was really interesting to hear about. And it actually coincided almost with Alex Honnold's free solo of the same route, the free rider route on El Capitan. They did it roughly at the same time. So that was interesting to kind of hear Pete's perspective on. He's got a new book coming out, which is called Crack Climbing. It's out this month. So we talk about that. It covers all kinds of techniques for fisting and fingering and jamming cracks and all that fun stuff. Uh, So let's just get into it. Here's my conversation with Pete Whitaker. Welcome to the podcast, Pete. Yeah, it's good thank to have you. you. Yeah, I'm psyched. I'm psyched to be here. It's good. Right on. Yeah. Uh, what were you doing in California? You're just passing through, or you've been around for a little bit? Uh, so I came about a month ago, and I was in Yosemite. So I basically spent, yeah, three to four weeks there. Um, and then I'm just on my, my way back out, heading back home. Yeah. To yeah. England? To England, yeah, yeah. It right. seems like you travel a lot. Uh, the last couple of years, definitely more so. Um, the last couple of years, a little bit living out of a, a bag. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's good. It's good. It's all good. Yeah. 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 
And is it usually to Yosemite when you're coming to the United States? Um, it's either Yosemite or to the Utah desert, mm. like Moab area. I think I've only actually been to one other place in, in the U.S., other than those two places. <laughs> <laughs> but, I've been, but I've been coming for the last 10 years or something. Nice. Uh, but, yeah, to those two places. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, the quality of the climbing, but is it the quality of the crack climbing specifically in those places, or why, why those spots? Uh, well, to Moab, it's definitely for the crack climbing, um, and specifically uh, to Canyonlands okay. National Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I spent a lot of time in that area uh, with my friend Tom, and we've, you know, we've been down there and climbed. We basically found this area with these massive roof cracks. Yeah, it's like an extension of Tom's cellar. and then and then yosemite it's not necessarily the crack climbing although the crack climbing is amazing there as well but it's more going for like the big walls Uh, yeah but it just so happens that obviously the lines on the big walls follow crack lines yeah um but i would say you know it's the utah desert for the crack climbing and yosemite for the big walls yeah yeah and you grew up in the uk yep not exactly known for its big walls no (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, basically where I'm from, uh, the Peak District National Park, that uh, I guess it's famous for the gritstone, these small little outcrops around Sheffield, uh-huh. where I'm from. It, yeah, it's kind of like made out to be uh, really hardcore, but the cliffs are only 10 to 15 metres long. <laughs> <laughs> but it's only, I guess it's only... Can, it's only quite serious because the ground is very close. Yeah, so it's sometimes it's at that awkward height hmm. of, you know, we're a little bit above highball bouldering, yeah. uh, but we're not into full-on root stage, but my gear is only at one-third height, you know. If <laughs> and if I fall off, I'm just going to pancake the floor. Yeah. But then it's not, not high enough to sort of, um, you know, kill you. If you fall off. Yeah, just yeah, like yeah. break so a just, leg. Yeah, you know, you break a leg <laughs> and that kind of stuff. So luckily I've never done that. So how do you make the transition from what you're doing in Sheffield to the big walls of Yosemite, for example? What does that look like? Well, the first time I went to Yosemite was in 2014. Um, and I'd never climbed anything bigger than like a 10-pitch route maybe. Uh, 10-pitch, multi-pitch route. Um, but I remember before going to Yosemite, uh, I just sort of thought, oh, to be able to get up these big walls, I just need lots of fitness, lots of all-day fitness. Um, so I basically just went around the Peak District climbing like hundreds, <laughs> literally hundreds of 10-meter routes up and down, up and down, like all day huh. to, to get the fitness. Uh, yeah, that's kind of how I prepared. It's not like I really sort of went to an intermediate place and climbed something this big and then this big. Yeah. Kind of just like, yeah, I went on the gritstone at home and up and down, up and down, up and down, and then, yeah, and then El Cap. <laughs> and so was the idea of El Cap just like, it's El Cap, it's it's like, it's the Mecca, it's it's the place that serious climbers go? Or was there something else that brought you there? Um, I think it was... Uh, I mean, I was very keen on uh, trying some bigger things and trying some multi-day things. I felt like that was a sort of next step in my climbing. Um, and I'd obviously done a lot of crack climbing, 
So I've done all that sort of like crack climbing build up. And I also like I like a bit of suffering. And I, <laughs> a bit of suffering uh, and a bit of, you know, pain and hard work. And I thought, crack climbing, suffering, pain and hard work combined, <laughs> LCAP. <laughs> and also, there's, you know, there's a lot of history in Yosemite. Yeah. I sort of like the, I like that factor as well. You know, uh, when when I was growing up, you know, and climbing on the gritstone, I liked, you know, matching what was done and then trying to improve on what was done. And I like looking at what people had done, and you know, I want to achieve what they have, and I want to progress it. Uh, and that's quite nice about Yosemite. Like you can look back at what has been done, and then try and sort of find you, like match it, and try and find your own path. Interesting. Yeah. I like trying to find my own path. I don't really like following what other people do. Uh huh. Yeah, because I find it a bit uninteresting because I sort of know it's been done. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then you get into crazy stuff like rope soloing, Elcap. Yeah, yeah, that's like, that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was wild. I um, don't know any. I, I've maybe talked to climbers who have done rope solos, but I don't know of anybody who does that as like a thing. It just seems so. <laughs> wild and exhausting yeah but it's not like I set out um, to go rope soloing in a way that that wasn't the that wasn't my initial purpose it wasn't rope soloing that sort of um, struck my imagination it was uh, my third year my third year in Yosemite uh, I'd basically been twice before and I'd done some routes with some climbing partners and I'd sort of finished them and I still felt like I had more that I could you know give to the big walling game in in a sense not enough suffering yeah not enough suffering basically <laughs> and I thought you know well I could go and try a harder route you know I'd climbed up to 13c I was like that was kind of all right I could yeah okay I could go and try and climb a 13d or 14a on L cap I was like Ah, oh, that's kind of what everybody does. <laughs> like they just progress through yeah. each thing and then go and repeat the routes. And I was like, oh, I want to do something different. Yeah, and I just want to suffer a bit more. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then and then I was just sort of like, that's when I sort of like got into looking at the the history a bit more, and I sort of found out that El Cap hadn't been uh, free climbed alone in under twenty four hours. Um, so then I was like, well, well that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> uh, so it wasn't particularly rope soloing. I was like, oh, I'm going to rope solo old cap. It was more the fact that this thing hasn't been done. I'm going to go and do it. And then it was like, all oh, right, well, what do I need to do it? And then I was like, oh, right, rope soloing. How the hell do I do that? <laughs> uh, and that was, that was where that came from. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. More on my conversation with Pete Whitaker in just a second. But first, this quick message. There's a lot I want to ask you about that particular project which so just to be really clear about it you completed the first ever rope solo of freerider in 2016 right in less than 24 hours yeah 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 so it, had, it had been done in four days i think oh, it had before okay. yeah in four days yeah Got but it. i was keen to basically free it was ba- basically the project was to free el cap alone in under 24 hours yeah yeah. So what is when you watch the Don Wall climb, for example, yeah. you see how 
Tommy and Kevin are completely alone on the wall, but they have each other, yeah. right? And they're always talking and sort of strategizing and psyching each other up, for example. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when you go rope soloing, like, and you're 1,500 feet up the mountain, you know, on an island in the middle of nowhere on a big wall, maybe in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what do you say to yourself to, like, just conti- to motivate yourself to continue going or to talk um, through problems or... You know what's what's that like? Yeah, I guess I'm I guess I'm just very specifically for that project I was very focused on on the goal and like completing it. Uh so, you know, when you are 1500 feet up, you sort of like well, I've done 1500 feet and I've got 1500 feet to go. Uh you know, just keep doing one seems like an awful lot but just keep doing one pitch at a time and then suddenly you know you've got 1200 feet to go or whatever uh, and the thought of like when you're halfway up the thought of actually abseiling down and then <laughs> <laughs> the thought of abseiling down and bailing and then you know after you've bailed a few days later you're gonna have to go back up there again so you're like well I'm not doing that again am I yeah. So it's like, well, I'll just push on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, what was, do you remember, like, the lowest moment during that climb? <laughs> like, the most difficult piece of that for you? Yeah, I do, actually. And it was uh, after a pitch called the Monster Off-Width. Um, and I really like off-width climbing. Yeah. Uh, but I actually do hate that pitch. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't really like it very much. Um, and you get to a big, like, ledge after finishing that pitch and um, I just remember feeling way more tired than I'd hoped um, and I just thought oh crikey I've still got like basically all the hard climbing left you know the crooks and the sort of red point crooks of the route are still to come um, but yeah I guess you just keep sort of uh, <laughs> chipping away at it <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. The thing was as well, I was, um, I was sort of, I decided that I wanted to go really self-sufficient as well. So I was actually carrying all my water and all my, I didn't really stash anything. So like even the, like the jugging, I was jugging with like a massive, (laughs) uh, what do you, uh, what are they like five litre? Like gal- gallon, gallon jug, like oh, a gallon jug. jug. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I was jumaring with one of those big jugs in my rucksack and it was just like, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, sort of halfway up you're thinking, oh, why did I not, why did I not sort of make this a bit easier for myself? Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't, so never yeah. yeah, yeah. Did you pass anybody on the route when you were going up? Yeah, I passed one team actually. Okay. Um, but I was really... I was also really keen to, that was an, another thing I wanted. I sort of wanted to do the the whole the whole thing and I wanted the whole, I wanted the, the whole wall and the sort of top out, I wanted it to be completely by myself in a way. Because mm-hmm. uh, a few people had said like, oh, we'll come and walk to the top and we'll meet you on top. And I was like, no, I want to top out by myself and then I want to walk down by myself. And I want to do it all by myself because <laughs> that's, that's the point of it. Yeah. Uh, and I want that sort of, uh, I'd never, obviously I'd never um, climbed a, a big wall uh, alone. So I just wanted that sort of feeling of topping out by yourself and wondering what, 
what that was like. It's a very bizarre feeling, you know. You get to the top and your climbing partner's not there. And there's no friends there. Mm-hmm. There's nobody to sort of go like, oh, well done, and yeah, like, great job, and like, all that kind of stuff. It's more just like, all right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, nice one. Now you got now you got yeah. a six mile hike. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you back down. yeah, yeah. You just sort of give yourself a little pat on the back and then and then be on your way, and that's that. Yeah. It was interesting watching the film that came out about it because I had that that thought while I was watching it. I was like, huh, like all the footage is just you. <laughs> yeah. It's either coming from a, like a GoPro on your helmet or it's like a handheld that you're looking back at yourself. It really, you really get the sense quickly watching it. Like, oh, this guy's completely alone. Not even, there's not even like a film crew around or whatever in case something happens. Mm. Just nobody is there with him. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, that, that was that was kind of point. I did get, I did go back and get some um, filming shots afterwards. Some okay. like long shots uh, with a camera person. But that was the other thing. I was like keen to not do that on the actual route because I wanted to like just do it by myself and like not have, because it's, it's nice to have, you know, you know at two thirds height, there's a cameraman there. That's a nice feeling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't want that. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. 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 Because it gives you like, even just somebody there with a camera gives you like a little bit of extra um, or somebody meeting you at the top, mm-hmm. like gives you some like that little bit of extra. Whereas like, I don't really want any of that. Uh, but I did pass two people on the route. Um so it wasn't it wasn't completely <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't completely alone yeah yeah that's yeah. funny what is it about you've described this in different ways but wanting that challenge or like suffering in that way like what is why is that the kind of the goal you know and in this case to be alone like why is that why is that the goal uh well the t- i guess the challenge factor um like i'm always i guess i'm always like seeking that in probably just in life in general you know I'm always trying to challenge myself it doesn't even have to be with climbing you know it can just be whatever it is and really simple things even just at home you know making something or, or whatever it is you know I've got to it's got to be hard and I've got to I've got to do well at it <laughs> yeah basically they're, they're, the, they're the two things so I'm always and because I obviously like climbing and uh that's kind of the way my life has gone, and I'm always looking for challenges within, within that. Yeah. Um, and then the other factor. What was the other factor? Oh, the factor of being alone. Um, yeah, I'm not quite sure. It's. I guess I quite. I quite like things. Doing things by myself and getting on with things by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm. Um, I don't know. I guess I'm quite. I'm good at that. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I'm not like the, you know, I don't like sort of like really big, massive groups of so like socialising. You know, I don't like going to seek out like those kind of things. I'd more just prefer, you know, a few friends or, you know, just kind of by myself. So that's probably where the whole like that side of things has come from. It's probably just like a bit of a personality thing. Yeah. 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 Um, so for filming it, I wanted to ask you about climbing films in general because mm. you've been a part of a number of them. Yeah. Do you like it? Do you like being part of climbing films? Yeah. Going through that process? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, okay. I think it's fun. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like the sort of uh, 
Well, I like to have fun. Yeah. So, <laughs> and I think, um, yeah, climbing, climbing films. Yeah, I like to just have fun with it, basically. Um, and it's also like another, it's another aspect to it, uh, which adds like another, like, element and another challenge, I guess, to the climbing. Um, especially when I was doing the rope soloing thing, um, and I was doing, um, like I decided I was going to do a little film project with it myself, and I was going to do the film project mm-hmm. uh, with another friend who was going to edit it. So I was sort of going to do the filming, and he was going to edit. Um, and I'd not done a film project by myself before. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, oh, it's, it's, I'd quite like to document what I'm doing, and it's just it's another little challenge to the the, the challenge already. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, the first time I learned about you and your climbing was uh, Wide Boys. Mm. In, I think 2012 is when I saw it. In, uh, it was part of the Real Rock Tour, yeah. uh, which was great. It was That was a super strong year for Real Rock. Yeah. It was like the early cut of Meru. Yeah. Uh, the the um, Conrad Anchor, Jimmy Chin movie. Uh, and then also it was... Uh, Alex Honnold's 3.0 yeah. climb in Yosemite, which was incredible. And then there was Wide Boys in the middle of the two, yeah. which was kind of this goofy <laughs> short of you guys. You can, I mean, you can describe it, I guess. But yeah, I guess it was uh, from when me and like my really good friend Tom, um, yeah, we c- came and climbed some offwards in America, basically. Uh, and yeah, it was a film. It was a film from that. So it was originally made by. Um, a friend of ours from Hot Aches Productions, uh, like a UK-based filming company. And then I think Real Rock sort of saw it uh, and then liked it and then made their own sort of uh, cut of it. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. It was super uh, fun. It just looked like you guys were having a blast. It was a giant sufferfest. Yeah. I mean, that trip was uh, when we came in 2011. It's probably one of the best climbing trips like I've been on. It was so good, and it was just one of those. Uh, I guess one of those things like we'd we'd obviously tried and trained so hard for it, and then we'd come, and then you start doing things, and then you get on a little bit of a roll, and then it's just like a massive snowballing effect, and like we really got on a roll with our climbing and everything like that, and it all basically everything just went like better than we could have thought it was going to go mm-hmm. yeah, in terms of the climbing and yeah and then because it goes because it's going well and then like the atmosphere is good and you know you're having a laugh and uh, and I was only what was I 20 at the time uh, and I would say it was my first big trip you know it was a two month trip I hadn't been on a two month trip before I think maybe like four weeks uh, so it was like first big trip first trip to America sort of yeah I was only 20 um, then going away with like my best friend and then we would yeah, just like smashing out these wide cracks and just absolutely <laughs> loving it. Yeah. yeah. It was brilliant. Yeah. Did it, you know, open doors for you uh, as a professional climber? Did that kind of set everything in motion or? Mm, I think, um, yeah, I think it was like a little building block, I would say. Um, I don't think anything in particular has really uh, like opened the door and then suddenly I've gone now I'm a professional climber hmm. uh, it's more I feel like it's more been like little stages I mean two years ago 
I was still doing um, arborist work. Yeah, so like tree surgery work. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's only within the last two years I've sort of stopped doing that and stopped doing like the other stuff and purely focused on everything to do with climbing. But it's been over the last, so since Century Crack basically, and over those last eight years, you know, other things have gradually dropped out and the climbing has picked up. But it's never been one specific moment where I've gone, now I'm a professional climber. Yeah, it's kind more, of a natural progression. Yeah, natural progression, you know, sponsorship deals have got a little bit better. And then I've been offered, you know, some speaking work and yeah. presentation work and then have like improved my writing and then, you know, and then just sort of like linking everything together. Because um, also I wouldn't want to just be, uh, you know, just have the sponsorship deals and go climbing 24-7, 365 days a year. Like, to be honest, I'd just find it boring hmm. after a while because I like I like to change things up and do things, like do different things. And uh, climbing is great, but it's not like I want to go climbing every single day of my life. Yeah. Uh, like, I like doing these other things. You know, like I like coaching crack climbing and I like writing and I like presenting and uh, and I like, so yeah, I've just sort of like built it up around that. And I like to keep these other things as well as um, like purely just sponsors and going climbing but these things around it help you get the sponsorship mm-hmm. that, that you need you know you you can't just yeah you sort of have to build yourself as a i guess like a little brand in a way don't you yeah you know, yeah you, it's not just content like content producer yeah it's not just like i'm a climber and i'm climbing this because to be sponsored like sponsors don't want that gotta come do they, podcasts every yeah day. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like sort of building, building all the little things around it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I enjoy doing that. I enjoy doing those things. So. That's cool because it's it's a good time, I think, to be you know a professional athlete because you don't just have to do the big expedition. Mm. It's also there are all these different ways that you can express yourself. Yeah. Um, whether it's whatever on social media or it's in a book or it's in a film. Yeah. Um, or coaching or mm. speaking and all of these different ways that you can gain experience and make a living and all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have, is there anything that you, you know, that you kind of want to get out of that experience of be of like being a professional climber and how that opens you to all of these other opportunities? You know, is there any of those opportunities that you think are particularly cool or that you might want to pursue? Um, at the moment, I've quite enjoyed the the speaking actually so I've recently joined uh, a company called Speakers from the Edge and they sort of uh, organise tours speaking tours and corporate events and speaking at whatever it might be um, and it's it's definitely in the past something like I never thought like you know when I was like late teens or early 20s I was like oh doing speaking events that just like seems totally not what I would do I mean I'm not <laughs> Like I said before, I don't really like the big social things, but I find it, I find it very, I find the speaking events very different. It's more like a um, sort of well, it's a challenge anyway, uh, but then it's sort of like you you're producing something or creating something, hmm. uh, and then and then you want people to enjoy it 
and then get something get something from it and I like those two things as well so what message or vibe or feeling are you trying to convey when you do these speaking gigs um I like to I like to get a bit of humor in there that's the, <laughs> <laughs> that's the first thing I think humor is always always good but then under sort of underneath it I like to kind of like to demonstrate or show like hard work and like motivation and hard work and like you can smash it it doesn't really matter what you're doing yeah. you know just put in the effort and try your best and jobs are good and you'll get there yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. nice yeah uh, something I wanted to ask when we were talking about your rope solo of the free rider <clears throat> so you rope solo the free rider and then the next year, I think, yeah, the next year is when Alex Honnold free solos it. When you heard about that or when you saw the film or the footage, like what, what was going through your head? I guess I, um, I mean, I kind of knew that that was on its way. Hmm. I actually think that, I could be wrong here, but I think the, the day after I rope soloed it was the attempt when Alex bailed, oh. actually, because I I was walking down and I saw all the film crew walking up. Ah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, when I was on the route, like the whole route was it was great for me. Like it was all like ticked and brushed <laughs> and like perfect. <laughs> you know, I'm <laughs> I'm I'm going across and like. Uh, and then I've sent back down. I was like, oh, I'm too tired to brush these holds. And then you're thinking, <laughs> thinking like, oh, Alex might be uh, soloing it like <laughs> very soon. Because also I'd, see, uh, I'd seen him at the base uh, the day before I set off. Uh, and he came down and uh, I, was, I was chatting to him and I heard him say to somebody else, like, oh, it's been a good day. Uh, I've done something like 12 laps on the Boulder Problem and seven laps on the enduro corners, like the, the two pitchers, yeah. you know, without messing up or whatever. Um, and I was thinking, like, oh, this is happening soon or whatever. You know, and then I got to the top and then I saw all the film crew yeah. walking up. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and then I think that was actually when he um, when he just got to heart and then came down, I think. Um, but, yeah, I kind of felt like I, I, I knew it was coming. And in my head, I wanted to... I wanted to try and I wanted to try and do my thing before he did that. Why is that? Uh, or else, like my challenge of climbing it, basically to climb it alone in under twenty four hours, um, and and free climbing it. You know that would be the challenge would be gone. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I want to do it. I want. I want to. <laughs> I want to get there first. So my challenge. You know, so it still feels like a challenge to me. Yeah. Or else if he'd done it, I'd be like, ah, oh. like the ch <laughs> in kind of like the challenge would be gone for yeah. me in a way. Interesting. Um, so there is that like one-upmanship in climbing, you know, where somebody did something in a certain style or in a certain way, a certain time, mm. and the next person has to come along and do it their own way, but also like top the what came before. Yeah. You know. Yeah. 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 That's funny. But I mean, I think Alex had been, you know, Alex had been wanting to free solo El Cap long before. Right. Like, I mean, the, the whole thing of my rope soloing was in an eight-month period. 
mm-hmm. uh, or, or the, the or the solo thing. Um, yeah, it was in a an eight month period. I sort of finished one trip, you know, had a bit of a rest. Decided I was going to go to Yosemite again. Thought, what can I do? You know, that was sort of in January, February, and then, you know, by March, I was sort of doing my first rope solo, and then that October, then I went and rope soloed El Cap. So, I guess my thing was a very quick, in in a sense, a very quick thing yeah I think obviously Alex had been right, he'd been I, thinking about I it feel forever, like he'd been practicing and, yeah dreaming yeah. about it for the last 10 years probably yeah so yeah did it make you want to consider because you you've done soloing haven't you free soloing yeah have you done free soloing I've done some free soloing yeah yeah, yeah. bits and bobs okay yeah <laughs> bits, bits and, and bobs odds and sods yeah <laughs> <laughs> not too much I don't I don't really like I don't like feeling uncomfortable free soloing Hmm. Um, and well I don't think anybody does do they Uh, but um, yeah to sort of like I feel like to push it you have to go into uncomfortable stages to be able to learn about it Uh Uh, and I don't really like the feeling of that uncomfortable stage but I think it's necessary to be able to free solo at a high level. Interesting. Yeah. So do you have any, whether it has anything to do with Alex's free solo of El Cap or not, do you have any ambitions of your own to free solo a big wall? No, no, not really, no, because, (laughs) I mean, it's... I'd say that puts you in the majority. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I would say so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, It's not what I sort of, like, I'm inspired to do. Hmm. I enjoy it when it's well within my ability and it can feel nice when you can uh, make it feel, yeah, it's good when it feels very solid. Um, Yeah, whatever height you are, you know, on big walls or single pitch, it's good when it feels very solid. But to actually push in, yeah, like I said, to push into higher grades, you have to free solo at higher grades and to do that you have to push the comfort zone to to learn about it and learn the mental space I think and uh, I'm not really willing to to do that it doesn't motivate me to do that to push yeah. to push into that that thing I just like to feel comfortable because it it's good and it's fun and you can move quickly mm-hmm. yeah 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 crack climbing is your new book coming out in January yes yeah feel like we should talk about it. Yeah. But yeah, first, sure. maybe we should get out some of the euphemisms, the yeah. double entendres <laughs> yeah. in crack climbing before we, you know, go jamming our fingers <laughs> in some cracks here. Is yeah. there anything that you want to that you want to lead off with? What, uh, what before we go? <laughs> yeah, just to go. get them all out before we start. Before we go, about. like fisting. Yeah. Or like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, fisting and fingering and uh, being on crack. And I mean, they're the three big ones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you said you like challenges. You put this book together. Yeah. What was the process of that like? Um, so I guess the yeah the idea behind the the book was uh, you know I've done ten years of crack climbing, uh, and I started teaching crack climbing, um, and when I was doing these classes, I had a lot of uh, you know you're always getting a lot of questions and people asking you, and then 
with the sort of growth of social media, there's always people asking me like in direct messages about, hmm. you know, techniques and, and all this kind of stuff. And you're always getting loads of questions and I've got all this knowledge and I'm like giving out little bits of this, that and the other, but you know, there's only kind of so much you can give. Um, and then I guess it was just like a, a thought of wanting to get everything that was in my head because I felt like I have a lot of knowledge in there and maybe more so than, you know, anybody else really on crack climbing uh, and and then put it into a place. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, that, that book was that book was the place. Nice. Yeah. yeah. It's great. I like it. It has it, great photos. It's like reads with, you know, you have a sense of humor about the writing. The illustrations are great. Yeah. They really kind of demonstrate what's going on. Yeah. So what is your pitch to... So I really don't enjoy crack climbing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm really bad at it. Yeah. It hurts my ankles, hurts my knees, yeah. hurts my fingers. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't like anything about it. What is your pitch to me to persuade me to give crack climbing another try in my life? Uh, well, I always think um, there is an element of a little bit of pain in crack climbing. I mean, you're putting body parts into a crack and sort of squeezing them and twisting them yeah. in slightly bizarre ways. So there is an element of pain. But I always think if there's a lot of pain when you're doing crack climbing, then you're probably doing it wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what everybody tells me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it should actually feel good. It should, yeah, it should feel good. So if... You know, if you are in a lot of pain, you're probably doing it wrong. And if you're doing it wrong, then then you probably can need to read the book, aren't you? <laughs> I mean, uh, so yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what are your? I've wondered about this. What are the long-term effects on your body of doing all of this crack climbing and off with and things like that? Like, how do you feel right now? Yeah. <laughs> are you okay right now? Yeah, yeah. Do you, does your ankle just hurt all the time or something? Um, you know, what? I'm I'm actually reasonably uh, good with injuries, and um, and like my body definitely doesn't hurt all the time. Um, but I have climbed for a long time, and I feel like uh, like I've grown up with climbing, and I've I feel like I've learnt my body in a way. So I feel like I know what is, I know what is an injury, and I know what when I should stop, and mm -hmm. I know what is, like, you know, oh come on, yeah, it's just a bit of pain, get on with it, like type <laughs> thing. Um, I feel like I've learned, like the difference in a way. Uh, so, yeah, inevitably, you are going to get a bit of, you know, a few scabs and on the back of your hand, and yeah, you know. Like, yeah, your fingers might ache a little bit after twisting them lots of times in finger cracks and, yeah, maybe your ankles hurt a little bit. But after you do a lot of it as well, then, like anything, um, like the sort of muscles and ligaments and tendons, they build into it. And the skin builds into it. Hmm. And the nerves under the skin, they all build into it. Um, I mean, if you took a normal person off the street and took them to an indoor climbing wall and told them to go climbing for three hours, then at the end of the session, the skin on their hands would be burning and very sore. Yeah. But to climbers, it's not very sore on yeah. their hands because they built up calluses and skin on their fingers. And it's the same with crack climbing, you know. 
So your your Thank hands you. are just front and back, a hundred percent calluses. Right now. <laughs> it's just one big callus. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's the same with crack climbing, you know. And people start and they don't know the technique, and and it's a little bit painful, and then they just sack it off straight away. Yeah, that's um, me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Whereas if you if you know the technique, um, and you give your body a little bit of time to adapt to the the little bit of pain that you get with it, like you would with any climbing, yeah. then then you're going to start to enjoy it. Um, so I think it's just n- knowing knowing the technique and giving, you, giving your body a little bit of time. Yeah. 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 Sounds very reasonable when you say it like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I know that you have to catch a flight. Yes. And it sounds like you're... Packing it in for the season in California right now. Yeah. But you'll be back next year. I'll be back, yes. Working on a top secret project <laughs> yeah. that we can't talk about. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Working, working on a project. Um, I've been sort of on and off with it for the last uh, four seasons. But next season, I'm um, just going to go full on. Uh, and Or next year, uh, yeah, full on, straight into it. Like, really psyched. Yeah, put the effort in and, and get it done. I've kind of been dabbling at the moment, dabbling on the edge. Even though I've probably put like 30 days of effort in so far. Still just like tinkering around the edge. Huh. But uh, but now I'm, uh, I went on it this season and I got really psyched again. So Nice. Uh, yeah, I'm keen. Next year's the year. Next year's the year. Well, maybe we'll maybe. check in with you after the end of next season. <laughs> yeah. You can come back here again. We can talk about <laughs> Yeah, we can talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds <laughs> okay, good. Cool. Sounds good. Yeah. yeah, thanks for coming by, Pete. This was no, great. thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Yeah. That was really good. Yeah, it's good. Good to chat. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks very much again to Pete for swinging by to come on the podcast. Hope you had a safe flight home. If you want to follow what Pete's up to, check him out on Instagram. His handle is Pete Whitaker with two T's, zero one. If you want to keep track of what I'm up to with California Outdoors coverage, I'm on Twitter at Greg R. Thomas. If you've got questions for me, suggestions for who I should bring on the podcast next, email me at gthomas at sfchronicle.com. Wild West is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Find us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And if you like us, please throw us a rating and a review. See you next time. <laughs>